0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Welcome, everybody, to the Streakers Podcast. We are the ones that got away. I am Mason McGliera. That is Patrick Previty. I hope everyone is doing fantastic. We got week, what is this, week four? Wow, we're already week four into the NFL season. We got London games going on, actually, right now. Uh, the, uh, the Jaguars are taking on the Falcons. Sorry if I'm a little sluggish right now. Had a very long night last night. Uh, my Miami Marlins, for everyone that keeps up with the with the baseball, they are in the playoffs, baby! It is electric right now. South Florida sports are popping off. We got the Heat, the Panthers, the Dolphins, now the Marlins. Uh, FAU was doing good in in NCAA. Miami uh, is playing good football right now in college. It's just a great time all around. But enough talking about myself, Patrick. How are you doing today, bud?
0: Oh, I'm doing just fine. Another Sunday with football. So I'm happy. Yesterday, Saturday football wasn't very good, though, for UCF. One of the maybe biggest meltdowns so far in the college football season, up 35 7. Yeah, not, not good. I believe 26 0 in the fourth quarter. So just an overall awful day. Students left early, but, you know, we both go to this school, been to games before. I mean, I honestly can't even really blame them too much you know, when it's a blowout and considering how hard it is sometimes to get into the stadium, you have to show up so early. Yeah. So, uh, but, but just an overall awful day for UCF football. One of the, probably one of the worst, uh, one of the worst days in the last, what, six years or something like that. I would say this is one of the it's definitely one of feels like rock bottom almost or relative to what I've had lately, but otherwise, yeah, man, I'm happy for you, man. The Marlins made it finally. Oh my gosh. All of the awful things in the Mets series, the doubleheader, just all of that stuff in general, they were able to overcome it. So I feel I feel happy for you, even though I'm a Rays fan.
1: I appreciate it. Hey, your Rays are doing just fine. They're going to have a they're going to have a good little run. We'll see about that. But yeah, what you said about UCF football is so true. I remember I left for work and I was like, oh yeah, we got this game in the bag. And then I'm I'm looking at work, it's thirty five to thirty three. I'm like, how the heck did that happen? I saw people saying, fire Gus. I don't know if that's real or not. I don't know if he should be fired. I didn't watch the game. I didn't see what happened. I just figured we were going to win that game by a landslide. And then we lost. And that really sucked. So, you know, it happens. Um, First year in the Big 12. So we got that kind of adjustment and we could use that excuse, right? Yeah, uh,
0: we were um, in the first half we had the ball for under seven minutes total. I remember looking at that and I was like, that could be an issue like that. That doesn't look like a team that's up 28, Mm seven. You know, if you only have the ball for seven minutes in the game, or or if you don't fix that, then it's going to come back to bite you. And I was just like, um, we had a one big play towards, uh, you know, the middle of the second quarter where, uh, Baylor was threatening to score UCF player stripped the ball from him, took it, um, took it all the way for a touchdown, took it to the house. And that's a uh, 14-point swing. That's pretty huge. Could have been 21-14 and it's instead 28-7. And just the time of possession numbers were really uh, scary. And so I wasn't exactly surprised that Baylor made it close, like that they were – it was like 35-18 at one point. And I was like, okay, well, like I can – I can see this happening, like I can see them, you know, bringing it within a couple scores, but I just never thought in my wildest dreams that they were going to pull it off and win.
1: Yeah, it was pretty pretty ridiculous, if if you ask me. But that's enough of uh, college and our personal issues that we're going through right now in, in at our school. It's time to get in some NFL. We did have a game on Thursday. It was the Lions versus the Packers, and pretty much from the get-go, it was all Detroit Lions, man. They kind of went into Lambeau and they just took control and they ended up winning this game 34 to 20. Uh, What were your thoughts on the game? What was the biggest thing that kind of stood out to you?
0: Yeah, this Lions team is legit. Okay, I mean, we can say whatever we want. The Falcons don't look good right now. So so if they had lost this game against the Packers, I could see some people saying, you know, two and two. They've beaten a team, uh, a Chiefs team that was vastly undermanned you know, now we look at them with Chris Jones and Travis Kelsey and think who can beat those guys. But we we look at that and say that win was whatever you lost against the Seahawks. Jared Goff, you know, threw an awful pick six at the end of the game. You lost the Seahawks in OT. And then you got to you beat a Falcons team that looks awful against the Jaguars today or right now with Desmond Ritter throwing multiple interceptions. And then, you know, you, you can't beat um, you can't beat a team. uh in your own division like the Packers who probably shouldn't have beat the Saints last week uh, considering that Derek Carr going down was the only reason why they were able to come back so you look at a team that could be that could be two and two and you can just e- easily rationalize why they aren't that good but instead they got a win um, and they were dominant like you said just immediately from the get-go and I, I just my overall takeaway is that Dan Campbell has absolutely changed the culture for the Lions there was a there was a let's go Lions chant at the end of the game. I mean, in Lambeau, that would have been unfathomable like a handful of years ago. And just the entire organization, everything has just changed. Complete one. Yeah.
1: yeah, without a doubt. Uh, the Lions, they look really, really good right now. Uh, Jared Goff is playing some really great football. Uh, the Lions had David Montgomery come back. He was out last week with an injury. And they just fed him the ball. He had 32 carries, 121 rushing yards, and three touchdowns. That is just insane. Good for him. Receiving, I mean, everyone did good. Had 210 yards. Passed the ball around a decent amount. Ra had five catches and a touchdown. Josh Reynolds had some catches. Sam Laporta had some catches. Both Montgomery and Gibbs had catches out of the backfield. Overall, just really solid game from from the Detroit Lions. And that's for the Packers, man. They had no run game at all. They ran for a total of twenty seven yards as a team. And then Jordan Love, he was twenty three of thirty-six with two hundred and forty six passing yards, one touchdown but two interceptions. Just overall not not really impressive out of the Packers. It's not looking too hot for them right now. They they have not looked that good. They very easily could be one and three right now, but they did end up winning that game against uh against the Falcons or the Saints last week, my bad. So, yeah, just not not a whole lot going right now in, uh, in Green Bay. Jordan Love doesn't look awful, but just as a team right now, it's looking a little rough for them. So, we'll see how they go the rest of the season. Moving into the next game that we got, actually going on at this very moment, Jacksonville Jaguars are hosting the Atlanta Falcons over in London. This game is currently 20-7. to When I looked right before we started, I think it was like 14 nothing. Uh, Jacksonville. Uh, looks like Desmond Ritter's got a touchdown. He's thrown two picks, so that's not too good. The run game is doing really, really well, actually. Uh, B. John Robinson's got 14 carries and 100 rushing yards. And then on the other side, Trevor Lawrence, he needs to have himself a good game here. And looks like he's had it so far. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is 22 of 29, 198 passing yards, right? Yep. And one touchdown to zero interceptions. And uh, they're just kind of running the ball when they can. They're Uh, right now the leading rusher is uh, Trevor Lawrence. So he's kind of taking over the game right now. Calvin Ridley's got himself a touchdown. He's needed that in a big way. He's needed a bounce back for sure. Um, Against his old team too. Oh yeah, I didn't even think about that. This is against his old team. I think the biggest thing here is that Jacksonville needs this win. I think that's pretty clear. Uh, They're kind of the clear-cut favorite in that division. And so far, they're one and two going up against the Falcons. who was impressed. Um, but for me personally, I think that the Jacksonville Jaguars just need to come out and win this game. What do you think?
0: I, I completely agree. There was definitely a feeling around, you know, people talking about the NFL, about these Jaguars. And it was, man, you he, the Texans took it to you. They had a good win. And we respect C.J. Stroud. But, man, the, Tex, the Texans went in there and beat you by 20. And you just lost to a Chiefs team. You only put up nine points. I mean, you know, there was there was a feeling around these those first three games was like, man, I, I and I thought I had super high expectations. I thought that they were going to win, <clears throat> like win their division, but also you know do a lot more than that. Um, and last year they kind of snuck into the playoffs. You know, kind of forget it because they had a huge um, win against uh, the Chargers or comeback win against the Chargers, and then they played the Chiefs well you kind of forget that they were really like into the thick and thin of the, like uh, of the division race to the very end. And it was not until they beat the Titans towards the end of the year that they were able to clinch it. Um, So there was a lot of people looking back at last year and reminding themselves that, Oh, this team was, you know, it was close last year. So maybe this team wasn't as good. And these first three games, they have not looked impressive at all, especially against two rookie quarterbacks. Um, But yeah, I, I, like you said, I think that they needed to get this win They are going against Desmond Ritter, but they're forcing him to really make a lot of mistakes that um, he hasn't made so far yet this year. Um, He's been pretty good um, and hasn't thrown his team out of the game, as maybe I would have (laughs) predicted. But, um, yeah, I completely agree. This team just needed a win. And they play better in London. So, I, I mean, I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but they're just a great team whenever they go overseas. They have a lot of fans there, too. They're playing They've been playing there for however many years consistently, so
1: yeah, they they definitely do got some fans over there. Um, just for the record, I did have the Jacksonville Jaguars winning this game before it had started. That was in my my pick them.
0: I did um, as well.
1: All right, so we agree there. Moving into probably the biggest game of the week. Don't know why it's not on primetime, but you know it is my Miami Dolphins taking on the Buffalo Bills. Dolphins have a chance of going four and zero right now. And taking on the big bad Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen and, and company, man, I am looking forward to this game. Um, I'm cautiously optimistic, but looking at this inactive and injury report, that kind of it's kind of scares me. Deshaun Elliott, Jalen Phillips, and Connor Williams—those are three pretty much starters on either offense or defense for us that are going to be inactive in this game. Deshaun Elliott and Jalen Phillips. Jalen Phillips has been injured the last couple of weeks uh, with like an oblique injury, I believe. So he needs to be healthy uh, if we want to play well. But Andrew Van Ginkle has been absolutely phenomenal for us uh, being his replacement. So we're not losing a whole lot there. But Connor Williams, he's really good. He's our center. He has a really bad issue with his snapping. And uh, that is something that Dolphin fans have been watching for the last two seasons. But he's phenomenal when he's blocking. So... That's going to be uh, difficult going up against this Bills front. And as for the Bills, their biggest name that is going to be inactive for this game is going to be Jordan Poyer, their safety. I am going to pick the Dolphins to win this game. I can't, I have to be a homer, but uh, it, it's going to be a really hard fought game. I think. I think. Uh, I think there's going to be some points scored for sure. I think uh, with what has been going on with the Dolphins and their scheme and what they've done on the offensive side of the ball so far this season. I think they're averaging like 43 points. Obviously, it skewed last week from the 70 that they scored. But, um, yeah, I think that they're going to be able to do some things and, and score a lot of points. And then as for the Bills, I think that they're going to definitely score a lot too because Josh Allen is just a maniac. He is very good against the Dolphins. It seems like he's always killing us. Um, and unless the Dolphins' defense is like prepared for the Bills since – so since uh oh my gosh preseason, then I think they're gonna have a lot of points scored. I'm not looking at the line at all. The line is Buffalo minus two and a half, probably just because they're at home. But I'm taking the Miami Dolphins to win this game.
0: Yeah, the over under is 53. I would smash the over. I think this will be a high scoring game. Um, really comes down for the Bills is Josh Allen gonna throw you out of the game because that clearly seems to be a possibility now. Day ball gone. Um. Allen has just been a player and I've defended him. I've said, I don't really think Josh Allen is at the crux of every single problem for the bills, but he threw him out of the jets game and imploded. And that kind of worries me, especially when they're going against such a high powered offense. I mean, Oh my God, turnovers against the dolphins. I feel like would be the biggest, the biggest no, no, like, you don't want to turn the ball over against any team, and turnovers are a huge thing. It's all about who wins the turnover b- battle. Blah blah blah. Like those defenses that bend but don't break and force turnovers end up being great defenses that you know come playoff time can just catapult you into a Super Bowl contender when you were just you know a wild card team or something like that. But when it comes to the Miami Dolphins, I can't imagine in a close game, middle of the third quarter, Josh Allen rolling out right on a third and six. And instead of just throwing the ball away, living to see another, let me see another play or just getting a couple yards, you know, for field position, I can just see him throwing the ball into triple coverage and the dolphins picking it off. And then two plays later, Tyreek Hill streaking down the sidelines for a 65 yard touchdown or something like that. I feel like turnovers are not the thing for the dolphins. Um, or that you want to do against the Dolphins, they'll take advantage of you and the momentum will just swing way more than would for a normal or regular turnover, or even for another team that scores off of it. Um, So with that, I don't, I'm not extremely confident in the bills. I will say the Dolphins have had some struggles against the top teams in the division over the last few years. They were always able to knock off the Patriots once a year, but when, you know, as of late, when it comes down to just, Cause this has been a playoff team for the last two years I mean obviously this year this looks like a Super Bowl contending team and last year they were in the playoffs um they just hadn't been able to really like knock off the champ or to be the man you got to beat the man um and the bills have really owned this division since the very last uh Tom Brady year so I'm I'm hesitant uh I do see that the line is two and a half um I'm going to go with Buffalo. I do think that the Dolphins are going to come down to earth a little bit, even with what I said. I I could see Josh Allen imploding realistically and the Dolphins being like, hey, we're here 4-0. But I'm just going to let you know. I know you said you were cautiously optimistic. I'm just going to like I'm going to slow down on the Dolphins right now.
1: Yeah, no, I don't blame you at all for that. Uh, That's respectable. As you said, if you want to beat the man, you got to beat the man. And once they do that, then we can really start talking. So this is going to be a very big game for the Miami Dolphins, for sure.
0: Before we move into the next game, if the Dolphins are 4-0 and oh, with oh. a win against the Bills, Ooh. I mean, they are like, they are like clearly the number one team, right? In the NFL, they have to be.
1: Talk to me, baby. Talk to me. Yeah, that's definitely going to be a huge talking point uh, next week if the Dolphins do come out 4-0. and oh. Um, little little pause, real quick. We did have some breaking news. I don't know if you saw it out of the NBA. I did. Yes, you want to announce it? No, all you man,
0: take it all home. Right, all
1: right. Drew Holiday. He is no longer with the Trailblazers. He is going to the Boston Celtics. I don't know what the trade package was. I don't know if you saw it already. Um, but he is going over the Boston Celtics. That is some huge news coming out of the NBA here. Uh, right before kickoff of Week Four of the NFL.
0: Yeah, the Celtics are trading Robert Williams, Malcolm Brogdon, um the 2024 Golden State Warrior first round pick and the and a 2029 unprotected uh Boston pick.
1: To wow. the
0: yeah. And that that Dude. unprotected is a first round. So um yeah, that is a that is a pretty big deal. I think that really helps the Celtics especially, you know, like Marcus Smart now on the Grizzlies. So um I think that's great. Um, yeah. for them a humongous pickup they need veteran point guard leadership and <laughs> they're not going to be able to make a ton of moves in free agency anymore you know considering like they're strapped to uh brown and tatum for the rest of time you know they don't have much cap but i love it i like i love the move you know robert williams was not um the guy that he was uh when they were made their run against the uh against the warriors and all those guys he was not that guy last year um and Malcolm Brogdon just didn't fit either so I, I like it I mean I, I don't know how bad or how good the uh Warriors pick is going to be um so I, I'm a bit like whatever on that and then 2029 20, unprotected whatever well call me in five years I'll be 27 <laughs> so
1: yeah <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly um I, I actually really like it for 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 the Blazers getting Robert Williams He's he's a solid player I think um He's got a little. He's got the playoff experience. He can help coach up those young guys and just be there for him. And same with Malcolm Brogdon. He's he's he just didn't fit over in Boston. But for Boston, man, this is a huge move for them. Uh, now they got Brown, Ta- uh, Brown Tatum, Porzingis, and now Drew Holiday. And then I don't know who, not Derek White, right? That wouldn't be their number five guy, right?
0: Well, the, maybe the fifth best player on the team, but. Uh Yeah, no, I'd have to look at who's their who's at their five position now. I mean, in yeah.
1: justice,
0: I'll say justice for Robert Williams it and Malcolm Brogdon. It just didn't work towards the end with them. They're yeah. both good players. I like that. I also like it for the Blazers. They want to get front court help, like you said, and or and they want to get veteran leadership. Um, Malcolm Brogdon's I feel like he's a role player on a championship team. I can see that. So you're thinking, OK, well, we're going to get Malcolm Brogdon. He's going to come off the bench. Um, with those young guys that's going to be great depth in the backcourt and you can't neglect that completely and now we have robert williams in the frontcourt to hopefully help out um ayton um you know be his like kind of backup man a little bit i I like it i think all i think all teams kind of benefited from this uh in general except for the miami heat of course they are now they are now looking around they're licking their wounds i think a little bit because like it's tough for me to say, like I would pick the Celtics over them, especially about like after what happened last year and all that. But I'm a little bit hesitant now, and obviously you have a uh, you have the Bucks, which look like one of the best duos in the entire league. Yeah,
1: yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself. I know the Heat are probably like, oh snap, we're in trouble. So yeah, the fact they couldn't get Drew Holiday at all, I just think, uh, yeah, they're they're no a uh, world of trouble right now. So we'll see what happens with that. We'll get some NBA coverage here coming in the next couple of weeks. Moving into back to football the two teams that are also struggling mightily. We got the toilet bowl this week. Uh, the 0-3 Denver Broncos going to the 0-3 Chicago Bears. Um, I don't have a lot of faith in the Bears at all. I proclaimed them dead uh, in our last episode on Thursday. So I'm going to continue with that, and I'm going to go with the Denver Broncos in this game. Uh, they are minus three. I would probably take that line, too. Um, I think Russell Wilson is going to have a better game. <laughs> he is not going to go 0-4. Sean Payton's not going to go 0-4. They're going to go into Chicago, and they're going to handle their business against the Bears. Uh, keep, keep it short and sweet. That's my prediction.
0: Yeah, I pronounced both of these teams dead, actually, on Thursday. Um, yeah, this <laughs> could get this could be a disaster for the Bears. I could see coach, quarterback, And GM changes if they keep losing for the Broncos. They have Sean Payton. So I think a quarterback would want to come in, but this is starting to get like, if Russell Wilson doesn't show you something and this team just completely falls off the face of the earth, assess contract situation, you know, like it, it, that, that scares me for the Broncos because like I really expected them to be better. I do think that they win today though, too. So not, not too much to worry about. And I know that they, I also believe they don't have a very tough schedule, like in the very near future. So they can um, get some wins and make sure that this season doesn't turn into three and 14 or something like that, which I think yep. is probably where the bears are headed.
1: Yep. I, yeah, the bears are not looking too hot right now. So it's it's going to be hard to ever pick them. So we'll see as that goes on moving to the next game, we got the Baltimore Ravens going into Cleveland and facing the Browns and um, It has has now announced that Deshaun Watson is not going to be active for this game. Um, Even before that, though, I have the the Baltimore Ravens winning this game. I think uh, they're way too talented. And Cleveland is just obviously without Nick Chubb, like, before Deshaun Watson being hurt. um, I I just think they're way more talented and have a better squad. But now, obviously, with Deshaun Watson not playing, I don't even know who their backup quarterback is. Um, So... It's just kind of one of those things where it's like, well, you got a rookie quarterback going against Lamar Jackson. It's probably not going to go too well. Although Cleveland has the number one defense, uh, I still think that the Baltimore Ravens are going to do enough. Coming off of that very rough uh, loss against the Colts last week, I just believe that uh, Deshaun Watson – or not Deshaun Watson – Lamar Jackson is going to go in there, do his thing, run the ball a decent amount, and, and scramble – and uh, I bet Mark Andrews will have a touchdown in, in the red zone for sure. So I'm going to go with Baltimore Ravens over uh, Cleveland Browns.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go with the Ravens too. Dorian Thompson-Robinson from UCLA is going to play. He had an, an amazing, an immaculate oh, yeah. preseason. Yeah, yeah, and I believe he ended up taking uh, – <laughs> that's why they ended up uh, trading Josh Dobbs away to the Cardinals because he had such an amazing preseason. So I think that they're confident that he can uh, be respectable in this game. But, yeah, I agree. Ravens look good. Ravens look good, man. This this team is easily the best team in that division right now. I mean, with, with the Browns just trying to get healthy um, and the Bengals just trying to get healthy and the Steelers not, not high on them at all. I like the Ravens. They'll move to three and one.
1: Yep, I agree with you there. Uh, moving to the next game, as we are just talking about, the Cincinnati Bengals are going into Tennessee and facing the Titans. Uh, let me go down to the injury report. Doesn't look like anybody on either side. Yeah, no one, like, crazy on either side. Um, are going to be inactive. I mean, obviously, there's always people that are going to be, but nothing big of note. Obviously, we're just looking at Joe Burrow's calf, seeing how uh, that's doing. Oh, man. Both of these teams are one and two kind of underperforming. Obviously, the Bengals much more so than the, than the Tennessee Titans. I mean, the Titans need to win this game. They really do need to. Uh, if they don't, Mike Vrabel might be on the hot seat, I think, in the next, like, two weeks or so. Um Neither one of these teams can afford to go to one and three. But uh I wasn't really high on the Titans coming into the season. Uh they got veterans, obviously Ryan Tannehill, Derek Henry, uh DeAndre Hopkins. But it just doesn't seem like to be working out all that well. So I'm gonna go with the Cincinnati Bengals to go into Tennessee and take this win and get themselves a two and two and start getting their season back on track.
0: Yeah, I think both teams need a win, honestly, here <laughs> being one and two. Um I don't I'm not high on the Titans. Um, they got smacked against the Browns last week, and I thought that the Titans were maybe a team that could be competitive week to week, no matter what. I am slowly fading that right now because I just don't, I just don't see the firepower on the offensive side of the ball. Something is going on with Derrick Henry. Um, he's still good, he's still good, but for some reason, you know, they're more, um, they're more cautious with the way that they play him. So I'm, I'm. I have concerns that they're not going to be as reliable, especially when not a reliable pick every week. But yeah, the Bengals, it really comes down to is Joe Burrow like going to be on his A game or is he going to be on a C-plus game because of the calf injury? I mean, there are talks about you need to shut that guy down for a month. We've went over this. That's not going to happen, it looks like. But I still, I still like the Bengals here. I think the Titans season um, is going to slowly slip away from them. I don't know if if it's Vrabel's fault, but I could see, like, by the end of the year, something happening. But Vrabel always, I feel like, has his team ready. I mean, last week was a mess. And like I said, I don't think that they're going to make, they're going to compete for the playoff spot. But I st- I don't think it's Vrabel's fault. So I couldn't, I, and I definitely couldn't see them, like, um, firing him midseason. But he could, he'll definitely be in talks as the year ends, because there's always a coaching carousel. There's always at least always- five. Five to eight guys really that get fired every year. So,
1: yeah, there's always someone that's getting cut. New new coaches being hired, all that stuff. In this game, I think Jamar Chase has a pop off game. I think he's going to have a really good one. Um, so I think that Joe Burrows is just going to rely on him a bunch to uh, to get their team to back to five hundred at two and two. Moving to the next game, we got the Los Angeles Rams at one and two going into Indianapolis and taking on the two and one Colts. Uh the line is currently minus one for LA, so very pretty much even right there. Looks like AR is going to be good to go in this game. Uh hopefully we can get a full 60 minutes out of him. Um as for the Rams, Cooper Cup, he is on the IR still, but they're they've opened that 21-day window to where they can activate him and have him come in for the season. Um so hopefully that happens pretty quickly for them. Oh man. I see, I really like how the Rams have played this year, but they're one and two, and the Colts have surprised a lot. I just think with the quarterbacks, I think the veteran quarterback is gonna take this game. Um, and I'm gonna go with the Los Angeles Rams, but I'm not like I would not be surprised if the Colts won because they again they've been super, super impressive so far. So I'm
0: I would go with the Rams, su- but I wouldn't be surprised either. I'm going with the Rams too. I'm not confident in it, and I would not put money on it um anthony richardson man like like we've said he's he's back um he looks really good when he's out there um the colts team is good they're not a bad team they got dudes all around there they have uh, weapons too and it looks like even though with jonathan taylor out zach moss isn't too bad either so you, you know they got players but you know as shown by you know they picked up a veteran quarterback every single year they were in a win now position before anthony richardson you know they were really trying to to uh make a run at a super bowl or something but so they still got some guys on that team um but I, I like the way that they've been playing but i will say the rams you know have fought through this cooper cup injury and reports are saying that he'll be back next week but yeah you're right he's now eligible to come off i believe uh in his, in that three-week uh span i think he'll be ready actually next week to play um but i still think even without him i, I like him too give me the rams here
1: yeah Uh, hopefully, I think the Rams will win. Um, But then once they get Cooper Cup back, man, it could be a really fun season there in LA. Uh, Moving to the next game, it is fight week. It is Tampa Bay Buccaneers going into New Orleans and taking on the Saints. Um, Man, this is going to be a really tough game for me to pick um, because I'm not really high on the Saints, but they've impressed so far this season. They're doing what they need to do to win with Derek Carr at the helm. And big thing here, Derek Carr is going to play in this game. Uh, we know how he came out in that last game um, against the Packers and looked like he had like a shoulder injury, but he is going to play in this game. He's going to tough it out. Uh, just a real true warrior back there. But man, Tampa's really, really impressed this season. And um, so far I've picked all road teams and I'm not going to change that here. I'm going to go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going into New Orleans and, and beating the New Orleans Saints.
0: Yeah, give me the bucks too, man. I'm finally picking my own team, my my favorite team, my my hometown team, the team I rooted for growing up. I'm finally picking them to win a football game. This is actually amazing. Um, yeah, but like you said, fight week. I don't know how many uh penalties that there's gonna be in this game, but hopefully Mike Evans fights Marshawn Lattimore again. That would be a fun, uh, a fun thing to watch. Um he Mike Evans is either gonna go off for nine receptions, 150 yards and two touchdowns. Or he won't have a catch until midway through the third quarter.
1: If he makes it that far.
0: Yeah, if he doesn't get ejected by then as well. (laughs) Yes, of course. Um, But no, this Saints team is, you know, we were saying they weren't that impressive. Even with Derek Carr out on the field, they imploded without him on the field, especially offensively. And Jameis almost was able to take him home at the very end. But there was a stretch there where they couldn't get a first down for like almost a quarter. Um, Derek Carr at the helm. Happy about it, but not confident in it. Yep. That shoulder injury looked rough last week. I'm very surprised that he actually he's gonna, is going to play. Um, I have a feeling that that's going to affect him. I'm a back, though. So that uh, is a plus for them. I, I think the offense will start to look different as the weeks go on with him out there. But I don't think it's going to start with the Bucs. I'll give me Tampa, and they are going to be 3-1 and one, with the only
1: loss against the Eagles. So I like it. I like it. That's respectable. I mean, they're they're playing pretty damn good football. Baker Mayfield, man, I have been so impressed by him. Uh, he's just playing – he is playing Baker Mayfield football. Like, when you think of it, he's just been playing the exact type of game that he has played since he was in college. So, I I, I really – I like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this week. Um, Moving – reverting back real quick, the Jacksonville Jaguars did end up winning that game against the Falcons 23-7, so we were both correct in that. Uh, but moving to the next game, as we were just talking about, we we're talking about the Eagles. We have the Washington Commanders going into Philadelphia and taking on those Eagles. Um, I think that this is pretty pretty easy to pick. Uh, I'm going to go with the Eagles, although they have not looked fantastic. Their wins have been pretty ugly. Uh, they haven't really. They're not playing their best football. They're not playing up to par uh, for for uh, to their standards. I feel, but um, I mean, this is going to be a real test for the for the Commanders if they actually want to. Compete this season. They've played well so far, but it's gonna be, it's it's too difficult for me to go uh, with the Commanders to upset the Eagles this week. So give the Eagles, and I'll take the, the 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 line too at minus four and a half. I think they win by a touchdown.
0: Yeah, last week you chose the Commanders to beat the Bills. You were like, "What the hell Oh yeah, let yeah. me go for oh, <laughs> it. Yeah, that uh, I, respect to Sam Howell, respect to Josh Dobbs. Sure, we'll talk about Dobbs later. That's my guy. um They're not gonna beat the Eagles. They've had like a a weird like you know back and forth where at one point they're killing the competition they're not playing down the competition and then at some point in the game they take the foot off the pedal and the other team kind of comes back it's a weird thing um, but I'm not really too concerned this Eagles team looks really good I said I was cautious about how good they can be after losing the Super Bowl because man it seems like in our lifetime the team that loses the Super Bowl unless it's the Pats doesn't come back the next year with a vengeance (laughs) <laughs> Far from it, but the Eagles look like they're on a mission. They're really good, top to bottom, still healthy, which is a huge thing. Um, I like the Eagles. I think they'll take care of the Commanders. But shout out Sam Howell, playing well. He might be their quarterback next year. So,
1: yeah, Sam Howell's been playing really well, and I hope that he continues to do that. Uh, moving on to the next game, we got the Toilet Bowl 2.0. Uh, we got the 0-3 Minnesota Vikings going down to Carolina, and taking on the Panthers. This is a Adam Thielen revenge game, if you want to call it. Um he's facing his former team. Uh but either way, if he was on either team, he's 0-3. So I don't know. Maybe if he's on the Vikings, maybe they're doing a little bit better. But uh yeah, this one is uh, I think this one also is easy for me to pick. I'm gonna go with the Minnesota Vikings. I just I'm not too high on the Panthers. Uh Bryce Young has not looked too good so far to start of this season. And uh I-, I could see if this game starts getting away they might end up benching him, and they'll put in Andy Dalton because Andy Dalton didn't look too bad last week against the Seahawks. Uh, so that's my prediction. I think uh, Kirk Cousins, it's 1 p.m. He's going to be prime time for him. Uh, he's going to play really well, and uh, he's going to dice up this Carolina Panthers D, and Justin Jefferson is probably going to go off again have 150 yards and a touchdown or something. So make sure you got him in fantasy. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to go with the Minnesota Vikings. They're not going to go 0-4.
0: Yeah, this is two 0-3 teams at opposite franchise and organization trajectories. Um, I would rather have, if I was, like, an owner, I would rather be the Minnesota Vikings, even though they're 0-3. So give me the Vikings.
1: Yep. Glad we agree there. Moving on to the next game, we got the Pittsburgh Steelers and TJ Watt going in and facing the Houston Texans. The Houston Texans are actually going to be honoring JJ Watt, his brother, uh, he's going into the ring of honor, I believe, for the Houston Texans. Well-deserved, for sure. Uh, probably, definitely a Hall of Fame player, in my opinion. Uh, TJ, or J.J. Watt is. T.J. Watt probably, too. Um, but the biggest thing is the Pittsburgh Steelers' defense has been phenomenal this season. Their offense, not so much. Uh, last week, they played the Raiders, I believe, right? It was uh, Monday night. Oh, I'm trying to load it. Um, yeah, they played the Raiders. I believe that was a Monday night game. Um and they won twenty-three to eighteen. They played pretty well. Their offense was much more impressive than it has been uh throughout the entire season. Matt Canada, everyone's kind of calling for his job. But uh, you know, he played he called a good game, probably the game of his life he needed to because uh he was his his job was probably on the line if they ended up having another poor offensive performance. But I'm not gonna lie, I've been very impressed by CJ Stroud and the Texans. Um they just won their first game. Who did they play last week? Oh my gosh, it's slipping my mind. Oh yeah, they beat yes. the Jaguars. Yep, they beat the Jaguars and that's no, that's no slouch of a team. Like They played really well. And this is going to be my crazy upset of the week, but I'm going to go with the Texans beating uh the Pittsburgh Steelers. I can see T.J. Watt going in there and being like, all right, my brother used to own this building, but now I'm going to own it. But no, nah, I'm going to go with the Houston Texans, I think, with the honoring of T.J. Watt. I think defense is going to do what it needs to do and then cj stroud's gonna i think cj stroud is gonna throw for three touchdowns today i'm gonna go out on a limb three touchdowns for cj stroud
0: wow that's a fair game for cj stroud that would be an almost like welcome i'm here kind of moment um yeah. I like the Texans too, though. I'm copying you. I'm, I'm copying off your test, bro. Like Damn. I have the Houston Texans here. I don't, I'm not high on the Steelers at all. I think that's a mess. I am slowly starting to believe that Kenny Pickett will not be the starting quarterback next year. Um, And you, you kind of have convinced me a little bit on the CJ Stroud thing with how well he's got the Texans playing and they're not world beaters everywhere else. He doesn't have a specific guy that's supporting him like an amazing run game or a, you know, an all pro wide receiver. He's just making plays out there and I like it. Um, I'm not high on the Steelers though. So I'll
1: take the Texans too. Oh, thought I was going to be the only one with the upset there. We'll see. I wouldn't be shocked if the Steelers end up winning that game though. So, you know, don't put your money on it, but I think it's a fun little, well, upset. We like upsets here. Uh, moving to the next game, we got the Las Vegas Raiders taking on the Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers have not looked very good this year. Uh, their offenses look Offense has looked pretty solid. Justin Herbert's having a great year. um, But it's really just been the defense that's been really spotty. Uh, Looks like this week, Derwin James is doubtful to play, and same with Joey Bosa. So that's going to be two huge losses uh, for them. And then it was JC Jackson last week, right? He was the healthy scratch, and he was the healthy inactive. Don't know what's going on there. Um, Looking at the injuries on the Los Angeles Chargers defense. It's I have them winning, but if those two guys are gonna be out, um, I don't know. Does Jimmy Garoppolo go in there and beat them? I don't think so. Obviously, no. oh also I will Jimmy, say Chandler Jones. What was that? Before you keep going, Jimmy
0: G is out. He has a concussion. Oh he's out? Yeah he's out I did not know that. Yeah he's out he has a concussion.
1: Oh never mind give me the chargers <laughs> um <laughs> who who who's their backup?
0: Oh, my God. Their backup is um, exactly a rookie out of Purdue. Exactly. So, yeah. So he's not exactly.
1: Um... Okay. So, yes. Then you do the, the Chargers. Um, obviously, on the other side of the ball, I do want to talk about Chandler Jones for a second. Don't know what the heck's going on with him. Mentally, there's just something not right going on. He was arrested on, what, Thursday or Friday? Um, and he was – I think he's more – gonna be taken into a mental hospital and he's gonna get what's going on in his head. It's just something he's been posting everything on Instagram, X, all that stuff. Just being super, super strange. And um we obviously hope the best for him because the football field is better when he's there. He's a great defensive player. So hopefully he can get better, but I'm gonna go with the Chargers in this one. I'll even take the line at minus four and a half.
0: Yeah. Aiden O'Connell is the name of the man taking over for Jimmy G. No, uh, Purdue QB played well in the preseason played really well but yeah I, I like the Chargers here too they need a win you would hate a division loss here especially against the Raiders without Jimmy G who hasn't played that well either um <laughs> this Raiders team had had a little bit of hype silent hype that seems to have faded away Jimmy Garoppolo's has five touchdown passes and six interceptions so far on the year, so he's not that good either
1: he's not that guy pal. Um, but moving in the next one, we got the New England Patriots going into Dallas and taking on the Cowboys. I've seen some things online. I don't know if it's real. I mean it's possible, but with Ezekiel Elliott and Will Greer being there, um the Dallas Cowboys are a little bit worried that you know they're gonna their hand signals that they have, both of those guys being in the system. Uh, obviously Greer for the last what, like year or two, whatever it is. And then Ezekiel Elliott being there for many years could be giving the Patriots a little insight into those hand signals, whatever that is. It's like stealing signs in baseball. Like it's going to happen. Teams, players go from team to team. And I'm sure that they tell the other teams like, oh, if they do this, this is what's going to happen. Um, <clears throat> after that Dallas Cowboys lost last week to the Arizona Cardinals, my stock on them just plummeted. Maybe that's just some one-week fluke thing that happened, but maybe they just overlooked them. But this week they got the New England Patriots and the Bill Belichick defense who know that they're going to be playing hard. They're always going to be prepared. I think this game is going to be close, uh, maybe like a field goal close, maybe even maybe even like a one-point game close. But I'm going to go with the Cowboys. It's going to, it's, their offense is still really, really good, um, but I would not be surprised if the Patriots go in there Shock, shock us and, and and beat the Cowboys. But give me the Cowboys.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it was close, but I would be surprised if the Patriots were able to finish it off because they've had an opportunity um, of over the last handful of games to finish some of these teams off that aren't the Jets, and they haven't been able to do it. um, And that's really frustrating because I've sat here and said that with Matt Patricia gone, Matt Jones is going to take that, ne- that next step and this offense is going to be better but they just have zero firepower. They have zero switch to turn on when they need it. Um, I don't think that the signals will help the Cowboys or excuse me, will help the Patriots out too much. I do think if you're, if you are somebody, all of the Cowboys, hopefully you're not using everything the same, you know, to hopefully you're changing a little bit up, trying to throw them off, take advantage of that. The fact that they think that they know something and maybe take that away from them because um, that could really backfire on them. I don't think it's enough. I wouldn't be surprised if it was close, though. I, I mean, the, the Cowboys are just coming off of, the, of a terrible loss against the Cardinals. That was right after the Trevon Diggs injury. Um, I, I'm not extremely high on them either right now, but I think that they should they should win this game, no matter what, no matter how close it is. They should be able to win this game because when it comes down to it at the end of the game, the pass just don't have it right now. They barely had it against the Jets. Yeah.
1: Yeah, their offense really just isn't any good. I don't. I'm not high on Matt Jones at all. So I'm gonna go with the Cowboys as I said. Moving on to the next game, as we were just talking about, the Arizona Cardinals upsetting the Dallas Cowboys last week. They have a chance to do it again this week against the San Francisco 49ers. I don't have that happening whatsoever. The 49ers look outstanding so far this season. Um, any question marks that you've had on the 49ers? They have definitely. Answered those and, and showed that they shouldn't be question marks. Brock purdy has been playing really good. The entire team has been playing well. Um But they do have a couple injuries. I know, yeah, De- 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 Debo is questionable. I don't know if he's playing. Uh I-, I think he is now healthy and he should be good to go for this week. Um And then obviously on the other side, Kyler Murray, we know he isn't playing. He's on the pup. And then Marquise Brown, he is questionable. I don't know if he's going to play. We shall see. I need to stop saying, I always, whenever I would see that they were questionable, I'm like, I anticipate them to play. And then, like, the last two weeks, I've seen guys that are just not playing. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go with, I don't know what they're going to do because I don't follow them enough to know if they're going to play or not. Um, But yeah, I have the San Francisco 49ers win this game. I don't care if Debo is going to sit this one out. I just don't see how the Cardinals are going to go into San Francisco and beat them. If they do, props to them, and that would be.
0: remarkable but I just, there's no way that's going to happen yeah um josh jobs shout out tim shout out jonathan gannon they're gaining respect in this league they've been very good so far this year um with a nice win against the cowboys this win would shock me really but it's a division game i'm not going to pick the chart uh, i'm not going to pick the cardinals but i'm I'm impressed with what they've what they've done so far. This is not the worst team in the league. I mean we already we've already talked about them, so not the worst team in the league
1: no, I agree. uh and the line is minus fourteen for uh San Francisco. I probably wouldn't wow. take that that's a lot of disrespect to the Cardinals for sure especially after last week. but yeah I, I I probably wouldn't take that. I wouldn't be surprised if the if it's like a ten point game something like that. So, yeah, but we both agree that uh, the 49ers are going to end up winning that game. Moving on to the primetime game this week, Sunday night game, Sunday night football, Kansas City Chiefs going into New York and taking on the Jets. This is obviously due to the fact that Aaron Rodgers was supposed to be playing, but he has a – he no longer has an Achilles. Um, He tore that on the first four plays of the season. Unfortunate for the Jets. This game should have been flexed, but I think it's too early in the year for them to do that. Um, But, yeah, I, I think a lot of people agree with that. And I think a lot of people are going to agree with me here as well, that the Kansas City Chiefs are going to go in there and beat the New York Jets. Zach Wilson has looked god-awful. Uh, and there's no there's no doubting that, no questioning that. He has not been very good so far to start this season. Uh does look like the Jets are pretty healthy, though. Same with the Chiefs. They're very healthy. No no one, like, no big names are injured. There's only three on the Kansas City side and two on the Jets side. So that's one thing they got going for them. They got health. But, um, yeah, Travis Kelsey is going to have a good game. Taylor Swift will probably be there again. That's just a whole nother thing to add on to the Kansas City Chiefs. They just got the entire Swift army just joining their bandwagon. So, you know, it is what it is. Maybe when uh, they go to Germany and they face the Dolphins, maybe uh, some people move over to the Dolphins side. We'll see about that. But, yeah, Kansas City Chiefs are going to go in there and beat the Jets. The line is minus eight for Kansas City. Might as well take it. probably be a 10-point game. I, I just don't have any high hopes for the Jets at all, although their defense is good. but.
0: Yeah, I think this game is gonna be a massacre. I would take that and the points. If it was sixteen, I might still take it. So wow. I know. I mean, I think it's just I think they're gonna win by like 20 at least. I'd imagine, right? I mean, the Chiefs defense is looking strong and the Chiefs offense is has it ever been better? Like realistically, come on. It's still Patrick Mahomes, still Travis Kelsey. And those Swifties will travel too. So you oh, know, no, no. we're in New York, so you got a lot of different people not just Jets fans so who knows maybe they'll uh there'll be some Chiefs fans because they're Taylor Swift fans as well in the stadium so i but yeah i don't think this is close this, but this is going to be i think this is going to feel like rock bottom for the Jets i do think that it's only up from here The this is a Super Bowl team the Super Bowl defending champions against you guys you know with Zach Wilson and just trying to rally the troops and get the locker room back in the right state of mind this is this will be bad. A close game, a moral victory here would be great. Um, a win here would be amazing. Because <laughs> then you'd have wins against the Bills and the Chiefs, which is kind of wild. But mm-hmm. um, I don't see it. I, I, I'll take the Chiefs.
1: Yeah. I was about to say, I was going to be like, what is a, what is a victory for, for the Jets? But how about what's a victory for Zach Wilson? Like what kind of game would be something that's like, okay, we can work with this. Because, man, if he has another clunker, they might be moving on from him like this week, you know, the New York fans, the media, they're going to drill him. By the way, he has been very professional um, with the way that he answers questions and handles the media. That's one thing that you can't knock him for. He's very good when he's talking to the media. So yeah. But what do you think is like something that they can go, okay, we can work with this. We can see what we can do.
0: Well, this is the chiefs. So I have to be reasonable with expectations. So Mm -hmm. I would say, in general, a two-touchdown, zero-pick game is something that I would love to see, and some I think that Zach Wilson can hang his hat on. I saw some stat that he had only had that maybe once or something like that, or like he almost never has that. He always, if he throws multiple touchdowns, throws so a pick or has a turnover. So just no turnovers. Don't be the reason that your team loses, and throw a touchdown. Have a nice, have a nice pla- uh, pass down the field. Get some yards. Get completions, a good completion percentage. I, I would say, realistically, he, they probably don't want to throw the ball any more than 25 times. But who knows if they, they might have to throw the ball around the yard to try to stay into the game, you know, because they're obviously trying to win. Uh, 17 of 25, and not 190 to 210 yards, mm-hmm. a touchdown pass, no picks.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I think uh, if you can minimize the turnovers, I'll even – I'll give him one, one turnover, whether it's a fumble or if it's a pick. I'll give him one. But if you have two, then it's like, oh, gosh. That's where you're kind of like, okay, this this is a theme. I mean, we know it's a theme, but, you know, I think uh, I'll give him one turnover. And if it's not, like, ugly, then okay. But, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens with that. got to feel for Zach Wilson because he is a good guy. But, man, he's just not – not good with the football there in uh New York for the Jets. And then on Monday night, we got the Seattle Seahawks going to New York as well and taking on the New York Giants. So that, that grounds crew, they got to do a quick turnaround. Hopefully they're not like the Mets. Sorry, I had to throw that in there. Um, But I think that the Seattle Seahawks are going to go in there and they're going to win this game against the Giants. Saquon Barkley is still uh, doubtful to play, um, but I don't think that him playing would really – change anything that much. Daniel Jones has not looked that good this year. I mean, what is this? what are his stats? Uh five or 62 yards, two touchdowns, and four interceptions through three weeks of the season. That is just not gonna cut it. Geno Smith, I I he's played pretty well this season. He's only had one turnover, four touchdowns. I think the biggest key and the biggest uh difference here is the running backs. Uh Kenneth Walker has been outstanding so far. Uh obviously the last two weeks he's had two touchdowns and uh, he's been playing really, really well. And then they got DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, uh, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. Like, they've, they've got a pretty – they've got some talented uh, skill players for sure. So, give me the Seahawks uh, going in and beating the New York Giants this week.
0: Yeah, so the Giants are on a, a lot of rest because uh, they played last Thursday. Um but I'll 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 say this: the the Giants, if it wasn't for one half of football against the Cardinals, they would be just in in the bunch that we talked about on Thursday, whether or not we would want to, um, pronounce them dead. So that that should say enough about where this team is headed. I, I am I thought that they weren't going to make the playoffs, but they're worse than I thought. Now, granted, they did play the Cowboys when they looked like a, mate, you know, the best thing ever. And they did play the Niners. I didn't expect them to beat the Niners or even really compete, to be honest with you. So I'm not really too shocked. But their schedule's tough. They got the Seahawks, um, obviously, this week. Uh, Dolphins and the Bills. This is not, this is not a good team. I don't, I'm not really too impressed with them. So I, I'll take the Seahawks. Seahawks are very good though. So shout out to them. This isn't just the Giants loss or L.
1: Well, that's all that we got for football right now. Um, I hope everybody enjoys their week. I'm gonna be hopefully everybody's watching some football. Patrick, what are you gonna be looking forward to the most this weekend?
0: Yeah, I just i I'm just gonna rot on my couch and just enjoy myself. Probably eat a burger or something. I don't know. Just uh, watching football. It's gonna be great. But that's all that we have for today's episode of our uh sunday edition of the streakers podcast i'm patrick previty that's basically we'll be back on thursday talk the usual stuff that we do and a little bit of thursday night football
1: sports social podcast network